Well, first off, uh, let me just say uh, welcome. And um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm honored, I mean, to be honest with you, first off, uh, that Dr. Sherwood asked me to do this and um, wasn't sure what to expect, but it is good to uh, reconnect with NBC and see the, a lot of the changes that is going through, uh, that you've gone through uh, and, and persevering and moving ahead. And so I'm excited about NBC, I really am. And uh, that's why I've kind of encouraged my son to go that track. Um, and, uh, and it, I think it's doing him well to do that. And so, uh, and I have, I have uh, others that I've encouraged as well. I've got a gentleman here that's taken, I think the first class was free and I don't know if he's rescheduled up for another one here from our church or not. He's in a local license, uh, getting ready to be ordained or not ordained, but his district license next year. So, uh, we're excited uh, about NBC and, and Dr. Sherwood. So I'm honored to be able to be with you this morning. Um, and I'm sitting here with, uh, I guess, a lot of folks that have your doctorate. So uh, I would I would really appreciate just a lot of grace if I say something uh, that might not line up or is, is correct or the right verbiage. So uh, as she, uh, as I was introduced, you know, I'm, I'm from West Virginia, so we do have a whole different language from that country. And so, um, so just bear with me on that. Um, I, I really, to be honest, I woke up this morning, um, I was laying in bed and I was trying to think, okay, well, I've, I've got a couple of different things I could share. Uh, so I really asked the Lord, what, what, what do you want me to, what do you want me to share with them this morning? And, and, and really it's, it's kind of simple. Uh, and, and you might have already recognized this in scripture, um, or it might not, you might not have, and it might be illuminating to you this morning. But it's found in the book of John, John chapter 12. Um, I'm going to be reading out of verses 1 through 8. And um, this is where, uh, where Mary anoints Jesus uh, at Bethany. And, and just really uh, quickly as I read it, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served. And Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her, with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance uh, of, of the perfume. And, but Judas uh, Iscariot, one of his disciples, um, who, he, who, I'm sorry, he who was about to betray him said, let me get this scroll down here, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it from the day of my, for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Um, the, the thing I guess I want to point out this morning to you, and it's really interesting, is, is um, there's, there's five people in this story. Now, there's more than five in this room and at this party, but there are five individuals that are uh, here, and they are um, they're, they're reclining. There's a dinner. It's a celebration, I guess, of sort uh, of dinner. Uh, they're having Jesus there, and as you know, it's about uh, what they say, six days, seven days, eight days before heading to uh, to Jerusalem, which is only about uh, from this point, about two miles away. Uh, he stops at this house, uh, which is owned by Ju uh, Lazarus and and and, um, and Mary and Martha, 
which we know who they are uh, by the other stories in scripture. Lazarus is the one he raised from the dead. Uh, Judas is, uh, or not Judas, but uh, uh, Mary uh, is the uh, worshiper, as if we can look at it in scripture. And Mary is the servant who uh, we know at some other time in scripture had complained about Mary. And, and uh, so we can maybe assume that Mary was the second child. Uh, and that's just a little humorous joke uh, thrown towards my wife because my wife is a second child. So anyway, um, but uh, we see this whole story that's taking place. And um, we also have another character that rises up in the story and it's Lazarus, uh, I mean, uh, Judas. And Judas, um, we know, we know about Judas because we read the after effects. We read the afterwards of scripture after the story had taken place. At this point in time, uh, e even John writes it in that aspect of the after effect because he writes, he says he's a thief. He's, he, he's the one that we found out later is taking money from the money bag and all that kind of stuff. And, but, uh, but they didn't know it at this time. What, what they see is uh, Judas rise up and say, hey, there's a, I'm filing a complaint here. I mean, this oil, this this ointment, this perfume, um, they could have sold it for really 300 denarii, I think is like a, a year's salary for a person back then. And so he's saying we could have sold that and given it to the poor. Now, we all know because of the after uh, readings of scripture and, and stories, we know that that's just not what Judas was concerned about. Uh, really, Judas saw money. And um, the thing that's interesting about that is, is that what I, what I truly believe, and we, we start to see, and this is a hint of it, is we start to see within Judas. Judas is, we, we need to remember, Judas is one that was walking with Jesus just as the others walked with Jesus. He was, he was with them in the evenings when they all went to sleep. He was with them in the mornings when they all woke up. He, was, he saw the miracles that took place that Jesus did. He was with Jesus. He walked with him. He journeyed with him. And, and what's, what, what really stuck out to me, and, and I'll try to be short and sweet about this, what really stuck out to me was, is that what, we, what I believe we see here is we see Judas struggling with a hidden struggle. I, I believe it's a hidden struggle that Judas may not have been revealing to everybody just yet. A lot of people didn't see it at that point in time. They saw it after, they realized it after, but they didn't realize it at this moment. And what Judas does is he rises up and he makes a complaint. I think Judas had his hidden struggle. I think that struggle had to do with money, had to do with the financial aspects of life. And I think he saw that. And so he saw an, uh, an opportunity for money for him to have his hands on it. And so his, his rise of complaint was not because of, of being able to give and serve to the poor. It really was something he was hidden. He, he was struggling with internally and, and it was hidden. But what we know about hidden stuff, hidden sins, now I'm not talking about hidden, the hidden, these hidden struggles like, um, you know, trying to determine what you're, what you're going to buy at the store or, you know, what you're having for dinner that evening. And, and you're not telling anybody, you're just struggling with, you know, what you're struggling with trying to get the, you know, all your calendars you're, you're lined up, that your events on your calendar lined up. You're struggling with that. I'm not talking about those hidden struggles. I'm talking about those, those hidden struggles that if not dealt with, surrendered or being freed from and given victory over can eventually become hidden sins. And that's what happened with Judas. This hidden struggle became a hidden sin. And what we know is, is that he saw 300 denarii right here, but we know a few days later, he's, he's bought 
with three 30 pieces of silver, which is only about 120 days worth of uh, salary back in that day. And so what I, what I see was, what I seen was Judas had a hidden struggle. It became a hidden sin and it eventually became public. And, and there's a, there's a, there's a story out there. And listen, I'm, I'm not here, please understand. I'm not here to trash or bash any pastor or church, but, but a great example of this, I believe is one that we're seeing with the church, a Hillsong church. Uh, I don't know if any of you've watched the documentary uh, on it or whatever, but there has been a, uh, a moral failure with the Hillsong church up in New York. Uh, matter of fact, it kind of goes all the way back to Australia, but, but in New York, there was this hidden struggle that this pastor had up there, which eventually um, became a hidden sin because he had started to have an extramarital affair and then it became public. And in this becoming public, and that's the thing that a lot of us, a lot of people who sin don't realize, sin just doesn't affect the person, that single event. It has a rippling effect. It has an exterior effect. It has this, this potential of, of, you know, a bomb going off and it's, I use it as shrapnel and innocent people uh, are sometimes negatively affected and wounded by a sin of a person. And one of those cases could be this uh, pastor up in Hillsong in New York. Um, again, not trashing them. I'm not at all. I'm just using that as an illustration of what was, what was, what was a hidden struggle became a hidden sin and then it became public and then becoming public it really grows legs and starts to have a, a, a very detrimental effect on, on the person, on people, and on the ecclesia as a, as a body as well. And so I, I just wanted to share that with you this morning because I challenged my people, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, on this message. And, and, and I wanted them to understand this was not a message of condemnation. This was a message of reflection, uh, of allowing the Holy Spirit to get in there and, and maybe he's already been speaking to you. Maybe he's been already been talking to you about uh, this hidden struggle that you've got that if not curbed, if not delivered from, if not released from and given victory over, we, if, we're, if we're not careful, can become a hidden sin that will perpetuate into being public and can have some very detrimental effects on not just you, but on others around you. And so I, I would want to encourage any of you uh, just, just allow the Holy Spirit to reflect uh, and, and, and move in your hearts and, and bring to attention anything that might need to be brought to your attention and then get that thing under the blood and allow the Holy Spirit to just enter into there so you can have that freedom in your life that God wants you to have. And, and just enter into that point of surrender to surrendering it to him and trusting him uh, with it. Uh, I know me personally, um, I, you know, I, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't start, I didn't start going to church until I was about 20, 23, something like that. I wasn't raised in church. I had this encounter with Jesus Christ and, um, and, and he just changed my life. Uh, I got sanctified and, uh, and been sold out for Jesus ever since. But I will tell you, and I'll just be transparent and honest with you. There, there's sometimes there's still things that try to rise up within me. Um, sometimes it's my attitude. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, issues uh, from my childhood that that I'm uh, as they rise up, I'm, I'm really surrendering to God. And I want to get victory over those things. I don't want those hidden struggles to become hidden sins to then become public, because I, I believe this. 
I, I don't think it's fair to my children. I don't think it's fair to my grandchildren. I don't think it's fair to this church. And I definitely don't think it's fair to those innocent individuals that might be negatively affected if I was to not surrender these things and get victory over them. So hidden struggles can become hidden sins, can then become public. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm probably preaching to the choir here. I get that. I understand. And I just trust that what you're doing in your journey with the Lord, you're letting him in there. You're letting him reign. You're letting him have complete control. You're trusting and believing in the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And when he works through you, he's going to give victory over those things. And you're going to be able to be that beacon of light and hope that this world needs here today. So I just surrender that to you, challenge you with it. And uh, I'm really honored to be uh, with you this morning. Uh, and I look, I think it's quite obvious. I, I'm, 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 I'm preaching to the choir here today. I'm honored to be speaking to a lot of you who have, uh, who have journeyed uh, where I'm heading uh, in your doctorate. And uh, I, I, I just uh, petition your prayers for me as we move forward in that direction as well. So Susan, thank you so much for having me. Please uh, give my regards to, to Dr. Sherwood. 